The NBA season is a few months away, but there are still tons of sports for you to get in the game and make your next bet with Sports Interaction. Bet before the game or live in play on all of your favorite teams' matchups. Head to sportsinteraction.com SDPN or download the app to get started. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Welcome to SDPN's off-season miniseries, The Leap, where I sit down with media members from across the NBA to discuss some of the up-and-coming players in the league that could take that next step in their careers. We discuss six players across six different teams, all with different styles and positions in hopes of understanding what makes their development unique. Today, we're taking a look at Mavericks wing Josh Green. The Aussie is entering his fourth year in the league after making sizable improvements as a shooter and defender over the last two seasons. Now it's about growth. It's about scaling up the things he did well, especially last season, so that he can fit ideally next to Dallas's superstars in Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. Green is near the forefront of a new evolution of 3 and D player, and it'll be important to track his development and really see if he's ready to take the next leap. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Leap, my off-season series dissecting and discussing some players that I think are ready to take that next step in their careers. We're joined by Grant Afseth, who is covering the Dallas Mavericks and the NBA at large for uh, Sports Illustrated um, and for another publication as well, if I'm not mistaken. But I, I believe you are mostly a Dallas Mavericks aficionado. Uh, and I have you on here to talk about a guy who I, I'm really high on, I think is a, an exciting player to look forward to for the Dallas Mavericks. And that is Josh Green. Um, he's entering year four now, entering a contract, you know, a, a year that's going to be important for him contract wise. What is... What have you seen from him progression-wise over the last three seasons? And sort of what is your expectation heading into next season for Josh Green? Yeah, I think the there's been a big uh, contrast from, you know, looking at even during the Mavericks 2022 Western Conference Finals run, you know, whether it was against Utah uh, with Rudy Gobert anchoring the paint and basically – you know, gar- guarding Josh Green without guarding him, you know, leaving him open, disrespecting him as a shooter uh, to protect the paint. Um, you know, he wasn't confident taking the open shot, knocking it down, and they had to go away from him, uh, you know, throughout their run. Um, and, you know, he came back the next season, um, like this previous season, and he was a much more efficient and confident uh, shooter on, uh, you know, the open catch and shoot looks. Uh, he's always been that intriguing kind of like secondary playmaker, if you will, like like, you know, the initial, uh, you know, drive draws a help and then pass out the player catches it and then it redrives. Uh, yeah. He's really good at the the redrives and kind of leaving his feet and making a, uh, you know, in the air pass. Right. Um, so, you know, seeing the shooting come together so he can kind of, you know, fully piece together his impact. Uh, you know, that was, you know, definitely a, a positive last year. And, you know, he's he was one of the best athletes on a Mavs team that didn't really have many athletes as well. Like he was able to do some acrobatic finishes against those closeouts and, you know, things of that nature. So I think overall he, he progressed a lot last season. Uh, it was a little, uh, you know, rocky with him after the Kyrie Irving trade. Uh, I think he had some struggles kind of finding his role as like a, you know, a cohesive fit um, with two superstars as opposed to one. Right. Uh, so that will be the question going forward. 
So you mentioned you mentioned a couple things there, and I'll jump on the shooting first, which is a huge development for his career. Just, I mean, that was it was going to be such an important part of him being able to make it in the NBA and sustain a role in the NBA. And he has, at least so far, he's done that. He shot forty percent on three attempts. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, about three attempts last year. His points per game total didn't jump. It, nothing like that really popped out to you in year three. But from a catch and shoot perspective. He shot 41% on catch and shoots last year. It was, I believe, 36% in year two. His pull-up, he doesn't pull up at all yet. I mean, there there hasn't really been that much evidence of him developing a pull-up game. But the shooting is coming. Uh, and you mentioned, you mentioned the playmaking aspect. I think the fact that he's such an active participant on offense where he can attack a closeout, be able to make a play, and also be able to knock down an open shot – it makes it so important for him to become that 3 and D role player, uh, at least initially with Luka and Kyrie. And I wonder how you think that might fit next season, how that role might look next year, especially with the new additions, right? You have Grant Williams coming into the fold, Seth Curry, a guy who can maybe space the floor for you a little bit more as well. How do you think Grant, uh, Josh Green's role looks with Luka, with Kyrie, with the new additions? Yeah, I think in general, um, you know, he'll still be very much a floor spacer, but I think with the, you know, a full training camp to actually get like the whole offense installed uh, into, you know, build chemistry with Luca and Kyrie and the unit as a whole, I think there'll be more utilization of different actions. Uh, there was times where he was a screener uh, for Luca and vice versa. Luca, um, you know, was basically the decoy. Uh, so I've actually, a, uh, I've got a number, I've got an, I've got a stat there for you. 1.18 as a pick and roll roll man. And I, that was something that really surprised me when I looked it up because I was like, oh man, th there's, there's a lot left on the table in terms of untapped potential as a guy who can kind of dive to the basket for you. I wonder if we see that a little bit more with Luca and Kyrie next season. Yeah, I definitely think um, I think he could be a pretty dynamic player in those situations. Um, you know, he's he's got that ability to to make the passing reads. He's you know an athletic finisher. Like if you don't make the rotation on like a short roll to him, um, he's going to get to the rim pretty quickly. Um, I think you know they'll have to figure out the lineup combinations. I think that would mostly be a thing with uh, you know Maxi Kleba uh, spaced out um, as opposed to like a dunker spot big like Derek Lively or Dwight Powell. But I think that. Uh, you know, overall, that could be an intriguing, you know, way he can make an impact. But I do think, uh, you know, they they will probably utilize him uh, in general as, you know, like a like a couple screens. Uh, I could see, you know, during a game like where he's setting a ball screen, or you know, they use Kyrie as a decoy. He he was utilized as a screener quite a bit. Not as like Luca was not as much, um, but I think he could be utilized at times as well. I think uh, they probably won't change too much of their style overall. But I think just, um, you know, adding a little bit of layers like, you know, they'll probably run more like stack pick and roll, double drags and things of that nature, not like too complicated of stuff. Uh, but I think for Josh Green in particular, it was very intriguing for him when he was the ball handler um, and he was able to attack really aggressively with his uh, his athleticism, uh, just, you know, straight uh, hard right because um, they're not going to leave Luca. They're not going to leave Kyrie. Um, so, you know within the flow of an offense as well and other situations where he's starting off ball, I think it'll be intriguing to see how they utilize, you know, Luke and Kyrie more as off ball screeners. Kyrie was pretty active in that instance and the four switches and things of that nature. Um, but I, I think it'd be interesting to see, um, you know, going forward, how much, you know, Josh Green maybe grows comfortable in those areas that you said about like the pull-up shooting, um, like how assertive could he be, you know, t attacking a mismatch of his own, 
as they utilize him more in those like sort of screening actions, uh, whether he's a screener or he's the ball handler. I think that those are probably big questions, uh, you know, heading into this upcoming season. Um, Cause I do think he's got some juice in that regard. You know, like he's, he, when he has his big games, if you look at um, like, if you watch the highlights even of like when he scored like 29 against Utah or just, you know, some of those bigger 20 plus point games that he's had, he's taken some short range pull-ups. Like he's confident yeah. getting to a spot, raising up and shooting, um, so I think, you know, how confident – he's a very confident uh, or confidence-oriented player, I feel like. Like, if he's got the feel, um, you know, and he's comfortable in his role, I think he excels. So having, you know, this whole training camp uh, with the the roster they intend to have uh, for the most part, I think it'll be interesting to see how that impacts him and how comfortable he is kind of growing into his, his game like he did last year. Because even open shots – knocking those down was a big difference but yeah. now where can he take it to the next level is definitely uh something to watch for sure so th th this this is the thing that kind of jumps out to me uh and i mentioned that he was a great three-point shooter last year but on low volume three attempts a game and he shot 45 percent on non-corner threes which is just astounding like that's just incredible volume and like it, wow that's unreal yeah he had some pick and pop sequences where he yeah. was really confident like especially against the nets i think early in the season he had a couple uh like they were running almost a little bit through him uh on, on quite a few plays i think uh he knocked down like a a, a three he you know attacked the rim um yeah. so like yeah, he's definitely capable of the of that do, like do you above believe, the break shooting. So I, I I know that it's 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 low volume, but do you believe that can get scaled up to a higher volume where he's taking six or seven a night? Do you think that's possible? And obviously with Luca and Kyrie, they're drawing attention. It's going to be open for him more often, right? Do you think he'll be able to knock down at the same clip what he's been shooting at last season? I think overall, his uh, he'd probably shoot a little bit. Um, I guess you could say probably like I, I feel like he's one of those guys where if he takes a higher volume, where he's taking more of those contested looks, yeah, um, and is like fully embracing that. I feel like he would probably dip a little bit. Um, he might shoot like high thirties. I feel like as his like his peak for um, you know as he grows into a shooter, taking those types of shots. Right. Um, but I remember like throughout last season, it was actually kind of interesting. Um, like like different points, like up until like, I think around the trade deadline, I kind of kept asking him periodically about like, how does he feel? Um, the defense is kind of game planning for him, like, like attacking it or closing out on him. Like, does he feel that his improvement has resulted in tighter closeouts that have opened him up to be able to attack downhill? And he was, he was very honest, like quite a few times. I, I knew he was going to say like uh, on a couple of times where it's like, not yet. Like, I, you know, I, I, I wanted to, you know, have a progression to track it yeah. so at the beginning of the season i knew he was gonna say not yet and then he kind of felt more as the season went along a little bit more but i think this upcoming year knowing that he's gonna probably get more respect with the the full season of the shooting uh being higher than it was the previous year a little more volume as you said i think he'll probably you know those uh, those pdf files on the scouting report will be a little oh, yeah. more updated yeah, yeah. and, and uh, seeing how he handles that i think uh will definitely be a big you know, thing. And I think he can handle, uh, you know, taking, letting it fly a little more. Um, I think with overall um, two superstars, I think the, it's, it's very apparent that you need to let it fly or you kind of get lost in the mix if you're hesitating on the catch um, and they need someone in there that's going to really be aggressive, letting it, letting it go uh, on the catch for sure. So I, I wonder, and you mentioned like you, you want him to sort of explore the other areas of his game, whether it be as a role man creating for himself maybe creating for others. 
Um, I wonder if the second unit is a way to tap into that. And I imagine Luka and Kyrie get staggered a a considerable amount. Maybe, you know, they'll start games, they'll close games. But I think in between, there are going to be a lot of times where those two get staggered and you see different variations, different lineups just to see what's good out there. I think that's where Josh Green can sort of tap into a little bit more of the playmaking side of things, a little bit more of the on-ball creation, see what else is out there for him. Because I agree with you, he's an incredible athlete. He can create separation for himself from that point of view. And being able to tap into that is what's next for his evolution as a player. Do you think that's possible? Do you think them staggering lineups and and you know maybe tapping into giving him more on-ball opportunities that way is the is the way they go next season? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think um, you know it's hard to imagine uh, them deviating too much from the the core of the two superstars, the way they structured their minutes. Luca would play the full first uh, most of the time. He he started to come out a little bit, um, I think, for third quarters um, mm-hmm. to be able to play a little bit earlier in the fourth quarter. And Kyrie would kind of run the show uh, for the whole like for most of the second quarter until it was like I guess you could say money time, if you will, like, like right. the last yeah. like two minutes. Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, I think with Kyrie or, you know, there's, a, there's a little more options for him to kind of expand cause, uh, or for Josh Green. Cause I felt like they had more of a connection, uh, like okay. kind of utilizing Kyrie as that screener, things of that nature. Yeah. Um, like he's, he's very like willing to do that. And it's not that w- Luca's not willing. It's a little different when you're like a very like high volume fluid, like sort of like catch and shoot player um, like Kyrie is. Like he's had that experience playing alongside all kinds of players. Um, So I feel like, you know, in that second unit, depends so far, um, like remains to be seen a little bit of who else will be in it. I think if you throw in like a Jaden Hardy, they'll need uh, playmaking because that's an area that he's growing at uh, still like kind of, you know, he's a very like wired to be an aggressive scorer. So if you, if you have those three, let's say, um, you know, I'm not sure how Seth Curry is going to factor in or, you know, Jaden will uh, yet. But, you know, either one of them, I think you would need the playmaking from Josh Green to kind of enhance things um, and kind of tie it together, um, especially if you don't have Luca on the court. You need that uh, extra presence. And I think, yeah. you know, just thinking more about that second unit, that we'll probably have, um, you know, a non-creator at the five. Um, and, you know, Olivier uh, Maxon's Prosper, He's probably going to be more of a Canadian. closeout guy. Yes, yeah, yeah, he's probably going to be more of like attack a closeout guy. You're not going to run high pick and rolls uh, right. for him uh, unless he has that crazy development curve over the next couple of years. And, yeah. you know, people look like a, a genius for making <laughs> crazy comparisons right now. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, for, for the the short-term future, I think Josh Green in those like plug-and-play lineups, his his playmaking will be very important for the Babs. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, I think – I think Josh Green is sort of, you, you look back at 3 and D players from even five years ago, six years ago, it was very stationary, right? You need to have a guy who can shoot, he can catch and shoot, hit open shots, and be able to defend and maybe guard multiple positions on the floor. But nowadays, 3 and D guys are required to do more than that. You have to be an active participant in the offense. You have to be able to attack a closeout, make a play, be able to do something else other than just catch and shoot and play defense on the other end. That Those days are very long gone at this point. And Josh Green is sort of an, an evolution of that type of player. Whether he can squeeze that other juice out of his game, the pull-up game, the creating, and be able to hit a different level, man, sky's the limit if if that is going to be inevitably happening. Um, Grant, I'll ask you this. This is the final question I'm asking everybody else. What does a Josh Green leap look like next season? 
Yeah, I think it, it would probably look like him taking on that full-time uh, wing starting role uh, next to Luka and Kyrie, playing heavy minutes. And I think just continuing to be confident in his shot, taking more volume. Um, and then I would also say, you know, kind of growing on a little bit of what we, you know, like what we talked about with the his role in the offense. Um, I think there's only so much you can control when you're playing your role. But if they, you know, if they test out some actions early on and he handles it well and they, you know, keep it installed and they grow on it, that would be a, a great like layer to a, you know, a strong like breakout season. I also think defensively for him, um, this you know, this Mavs team very much needs high level perimeter defenders. They added, you know, two players at the four to bring more size, uh, you know, to an undersized group after trading Dorian Finney Smith. Uh, but I think for Josh Green, there were times last year where he, you know, had struggles fa- with fouling. He fouled too much. And I think, um, you know, another issue at times was, you know, he kind of got lost off the ball. Um, so, yeah. Oh, sorry. This dog outside is like making noise at me. I can restart this if you want. No, I did you're not... good. You're good. You're good. We'll fight through the dog. It's all good. No worries. Okay. Look, yeah. It's, sorry. it's the off season, man. We know everybody's doing their own thing. You're good. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry about that. But yeah, basically like if he just like basically cuts down on fouling, locks in as an off ball defender and like, like goes from, you know, being passable uh, and like just solid to being like a high level defender with his tools. Yeah. I think that's where he could really have a helpful breakout uh, this, you know, this upcoming season for himself. Yeah, I'm I'm fascinated. I think like one of the more interesting lineups I'm looking forward to from the Mavericks is just having Maxi, Grant Williams, Josh Green, Luca Kyrie. And then I don't know if that's too small. It's probably a little too small. Uh, and you're going to have to you're running into some defensive issues, but maybe the offensive side of the ball that looks really, really good and looks really fun. And hey, for the Mavericks, when you have two offensive superstars and Luca and Kyrie tapping into that that side of the ball and thriving, I, I really think like there's there's room for them to be a top five offense in, in the NBA next season. Uh, we'll see. Grant, you do incredible work, man, for, for the Mavericks. I, I I follow you deeply when it comes to Mavericks basketball. It's awesome to be able to chat with you. Hopefully in the season, we'll be able to talk more about uh, other areas of, of Mavericks basketball, whether it be Luka, Kyrie, anything else that happens with them. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Anything you want to plug before we, we head out of here? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, just just basically all my uh, writing will be on DallasBasketball.com. I'm going to be covering the Hall of Fame, uh, Dirk Nowitzki Hall of Fame ceremony uh, coming up, I think, August, mid-August. Nice. Um, and then, uh, you know, I'm going to have some in-depth breakdowns as well of like, you know, Jaden Hardy's summer league and like big picture stuff as well. Like probably of like, you know, like what we saw from Luca and Kyrie and like, you know, basically like what we can look forward to, you know, heading into training camp, things of that nature. Awesome. Thank you, man. Grant, appreciate it. And uh, thank you for everybody for tapping into another episode of The Leap. Uh, we'll, we'll have more coming your way. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, thanks day. for having me.